Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Rising with Phoenix Grace podcast. My name is Lee, soon to be Phoenix Grace, and I created this podcast to have conversations that will make us rise to the most powerful versions of ourselves. I get it. You might be feeling a little lost or a little powerless, but I am here to let you in on a little secret. The more you know and talk about the things that are pulling at your heart, the easier it is to rise into the person that you were meant to be. And I know this because I've done it myself. So come along with me as we talk about resiliency, this crazy thing we call life, our bodies, our souls, and things that are just a little bit woo. I'm so excited that you are here and I can't wait to rise with you. Let's get started. Hello, hello. I almost said good morning, but who knows what time of day you're listening to this. So I'll just say good day. Um, today is actually a special day. Today is my birth day. Um, and by that, I mean, today is my daughter's birthday. Um, today is the day that I birthed a human onto this planet and she's five today, which is blowing my mind because I feel like I blinked and she's a kid. (laughs) And I know, and I know, and I know it sounds so cliche. People are like, well, just, you know, blink and you'll miss it. But there's so much more tied into that, which I will get into, you know, in, in a few minutes. So I just wanted to like, I wanted to share this day with you. I wanted to share a glimpse into my journey as a mom. Um, because I, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast is I feel like as mothers, there are so many conversations that don't get had. And then we're kind of just like left bumbling through this thing called motherhood being like, is this how this is supposed to go? Like, am I supposed to feel this way? So that's something that I'm like, I really like, there's going to be a lot of conversations about conversations that we should be having about when it comes to being a mom. So, um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Um, she was my second pregnancy. Um, I'd had a miscarriage earlier, let's see. I got pregnant in July and I miscarried in February. Five months, right? Right. Math is hard. Um, and we've been trying for, so that was the eighth month of us trying and it was really hard. And I know that there's women that have so much more in depth and painful, um, fertility stories. And I, Oh my gosh, I just, I bow down to you because I don't know how some of y'all do it for years and years. I did it for eight months and it almost like broke me. Um, and I think something, and there's going to be a whole other podcast about that topic, but just in case you're about to run into somebody who (laughs) is struggling, please do not say that it'll happen at the right time. Please do not tell them that it is God's will. Please do not tell them if they stop thinking about it, it'll happen. Because here's the thing, people, we're women. Every month we have a reminder. Like we can't really forget about it. Um, And it also just makes us feel so alone and it makes us like feel like our feelings are so invalid when we literally can't do the one thing that our body is, we're put on this planet, this earth, this time to do. So finally got pregnant. Um, and I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Um, I, you know, I had been told my whole life, which this will be one of the things that I'll go into a couple more in a minute, but I'd been told my whole life by my mother that she loved being pregnant, that she would have been a surrogate because she loved it so much. And so it set this expectation of, I was supposed to love being pregnant. 
And then on top of it, because I had wanted it so much, then I felt ungrateful because I wasn't loving it. And yeah, gosh, so much misplaced emotions. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I had, I had, luckily I had a very healthy pregnancy. Um, the only thing was she was just stubborn and that should told me everything I needed to know about my kid. But, um, she, I was 42 weeks. I was 12 hours away from being induced. Um, when she finally decided to come into this world, I actually, um, the night that I went into labor, I like had like a stern talk with her and I was just like, look, girl, if you don't start coming out, things are going to get worse before they get better. Um, and I just remember like those two weeks after my due date, like waking up every morning and just crying and being like, this is never going to end. Like, she's never going to come out of me. Um, and then, you know, about a year later, I'd be like, can I just put her back in? Can we just like tuck her back up in there for a little bit so I can have a break? Um, and I honestly, like, I was really fortunate enough to have like a really, um, beautiful birth experience. Um, I mean, it's still traumatic, but like, I, that'll be another podcast in itself, but, um, I had an amazing doula who has since become like my sister. Um, I got the midwife that I wanted, which was really comforting. The nurses were amazing. Um, my then husband was also a great support. So I had this really great experience. Um, and then everything like just got really real. Um, there were so many things that like people don't tell you that happen right after you have a baby. Um, I'm just going to say there's a lot of blood and like, I wasn't expecting my body. I don't know why. I don't know why I was like, I'm going to do this and my body is going to feel fantastic. But that was like what had gone on in my head. And so it didn't, it hurts. Like I didn't sit right for like weeks. Um, and the other thing that my mother had always told me was that, you know, like if you breastfeed that like the weight's just going to fall off. And so I, for some reason had bought clothes smaller than when I'd gotten pregnant because I was like, well, she's going to like, just, you know, suck it all off of me. And that's not what happened. So like, not only did I come home from the hospital, like just (laughs) bruised and battered, but I didn't have any clothes that fit, um, besides my pregnancy clothes. Like that doesn't really like help your confidence at all. So, um, and I think that was like really when like the other expectations that I had grown up hearing, you know, really started to affect me. So it was like, um, you know, like my mother didn't get an epidural. And if you don't get epidural, like hands off to you, like hats off. Um, but I got one, but I like, it took me like three hours to like make the decision. Like I told, I told Kwani first, I told my ex-husband first, and then I told, um, my doula. And then I told my midwife because I didn't like, I was like, no, like I got it. Like, this is what we're made to do. Like, I got to do it. I got to do it. Um, and I felt shame, you know, I felt shame about getting an epidural. Um, at the time now I'm like, oh my God, I would have gotten it way sooner. But, um, you know, and then like my mom never used pacifiers and we never had bottles. And so when it was like day, I think it was like, she was 10 days old and I like caved and gave her a pacifier. And I was just like, again, filled with so much shame. And, you know, cause I was taught that, you know, pacifiers were for lazy parents and, um, yeah. You know, and then the same with like breastfeeding, like, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. And like, it's a painful thing. If none of y'all have ever done it before, or if this is a man listening to it, like that shit hurts. And no one tells you that. No one tells you that. 
Um, and like, I mean, you get used to the pain after a while, but like, I didn't enjoy it. Like I did it, you know, and I'm glad that I did it, but like, I didn't enjoy it. And I felt guilt about that. And so it was just like all of these expectations or things or beliefs, other people's beliefs that had been thrown on me my whole life about what pregnancy and childbirth and, you know, like was supposed to be. And then you couple that with, you know, like just trying to learn how to be a mom while you're sleep deprived, while your relationships are changing, while everyone is only asking about the baby and nobody's asking about you. Um, you know, and it's like, if I could go back, like when people would be like, oh, well, I'll come help. Like I'll hold the baby, you know, like I'd be like, no, you can do my dishes or you can do some laundry or pretty much anything other than hold the baby. Because like, I got that. I can do that. Um, and I just remember feeling like so like isolated, you know, and like having to put on this, like really like brave face of like, everything's fine. I'm fine. She's fine. Everything's fine. And I do appreciate how the human body adjusts to the lack of sleep. Like now when my daughter has like a rough night when she's sick or something and we only sleep for like three hours at a time and she wakes up like I am, it's like a train hit me the next day. But during that time, like I do remember, like I actually functioned decently well. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's a blur, you know? And it's like, she has been strong-willed since the day she came out and it's been really enlightening and really healing for me because I feel like I'm really triggered by a lot of things because I feel like me and her are the same and I'm fighting against how I was mothered and what I thought would be normal and what I thought was acceptable and what I thought was okay. And I'm trying so hard to do it differently and to be the kind of mother that like I needed and like having a girl that is such a free spirit. I think having her be such a free spirit, like coupled with coupled, coupled with like just being in like flat out survival mode has made me like a really chill mom. And I mean that in the sense of like, she has a lot of freedom. So like, she's been dressing herself since she was like two and a half. Um, I'm like, I don't argue with her about it. I don't argue with her about her clothes. She wears makeup all the time. And sometimes it's like someone got super drunk and then they just decided to like paint somebody's face. But like, you know what? She loves it. She rocks it. She feels good. And, you know, like I let her play in her socks outside. I let her get her clothes filthy dirty. Like there's so much that like I don't fight her on because A, I don't have the capacity, but also like appreciating her strong will like I know it's not going to end well but like it's also you know I think that's something else about this generation I'm so grateful to be a part of is that we are having these conversations about healing generational trauma and not repeating what our parents did and like you know like I remember growing up being like when I'm a mom I'm not going to do that to my kid and you know my parents being like oh you just wait and see and I'm actually living up to that and I really love that that I am I am actively trying every single day to do things differently than my parents did and to really honor her as her own person and show up for her as that, not what I hope she would be, not what I hope that she is, but like accepting her exactly as she is and trying to figure out the best way to support her. Um, 
now I just, you know, that was a fun tangent to go off on. I was like looking at my notes, like what else I wanted to talk about. Um, and I was sharing with a friend last night, you know, that I've been really emotional about this birthday. And I think part of it is that she's five, like she is a child, you know, and especially I feel like the last like couple of months, it's just like been a switch went off and all of a sudden they have this child and, um, you know, and it's also really emotional because of, you know, like going through a divorce and like, I didn't get to see her this morning cause she's at her dad's house and, and it's hard, you know? And so I was talking to my friend, my good friend last night about it, you know, and she was like, you know, here's the thing, like people don't talk enough about like how traumatizing becoming a mother is like, you know, and childbirth, I think even if you have a relatively good birth, even if you have a good birth, like I did, like, it's still traumatizing. Like your body is still like, well, I want to get too graphic. We all know how babies come out. And, you know, like I can only imagine like a cesarean, like that's even more, you know, and then also just being thrust into, you know, like, I think everyone at some point comments, like, I can't believe they just like give us this baby and like, we take it home. And And so for me, you know, it's like all of a sudden you're just like, oh my gosh, you're just thrown into this situation and then add on to that, like what happened to your body. And I'd had a conversation with someone a few months back about like sex after childbirth. And I remember just being like utterly terrified, like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's okay. I don't know. (laughs) Like, is she okay? I don't know if she can handle this. Like, you know, and like being scared to even like look and like see what was going on and just kind of like after having something come out of my body, am I really okay with something going back in my body? And I feel like that's something else, you know, it's like we get to that like six, eight week checkup, you know, and like the guys get the green light that, you know, like, okay, well you can have sex again if you want. And it's like mentally, like I was not ready. I was not ready. And, you know, but then you're like, well, I don't know, like, let's go. Um, and so I think like, that's another thing too, is it's like, it's okay. You know, like take the time that you need to mentally be okay with what just physically happened to your body, that there is no rush. And also on this note, like nobody had talked to me about like pelvic floor therapy. So like women, if you're getting ready to have a baby, if you've already had a baby, I just did my pelvic floor therapy like six months ago, like do it. You know, it's so important and like people don't talk about it, which is just like mind blowing to me. So, um, but on to like some lighter things about motherhood, because I do want to like it to me, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, I feel like it's very like yin and yang, like it's, it's both parts. It's the hardness and the isolation and the loneliness, but it's also the joy and the giggles and the watching your little human become like a person with their personality and the silly things they say and the beautiful, absolutely just beautiful, um, literal way that they see the world. And I was thinking a lot about that because, you know, when she was little and she was learning how to walk and run and, you know, and play the playground, it's like, you're trying to protect them from hitting their head or like getting bumps and bruises and like hurting themselves physically And now it's, I'm trying to protect her from like heartbreak and, you know, like, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of not giving her too many issues from the divorce. I'm sure that there will of course be something that has stuck that, you know, like will need to be healed. Um, but just a couple of weeks ago, um, our really close friends lost their dog and, 
we pretty much do everything together, especially the holidays. We spent every single holiday with this family. I was with my friend the day she brought home her puppy. So we came here first and Kaone met um, the puppy right away. And they were like best buds whenever we would go to their house. And, um, and I was sad, of course, like when he died, but then I was like, how do I, how do I tell her this? Like, this is going to be her first loss. And I was just like, so sick, so sick, like about like, how am I going to tell her this? And she's going to be so sad. And like, I don't want to see my baby girl sad. And, um, you know, and so we sat down with her, you know, and we told her and, you know, and she was just very factual about it. She was like, okay, he died. Okay. Where is he now? And we're like, well, you know, they buried him in the backyard and she's like, okay, so like the worms are going to eat him. And I was like, yep. Yep. And he's going to go back to the earth from which he came. And she was like, okay. And she just like crawled in her chair and like finished her eggs. And me and her dad were looking at each other like, that's it. (laughs) You know, like, and then I was jealous of her because I was just like, oh my God, how beautiful would that be? Like, I would so enjoy (laughs) experiencing a loss like that literal, like, okay. All right. This is, this is just what happens. She did get upset like later that night. It did kind of finally kick in. Um, you know, but like they're such great teachers of how like sometimes like we, you know, they just see the world in this way that if you can pay attention and you can be with them, like it really does change the way you see the world. And there's been so many times where she's been like, Mom, what is this? Or what does this happen? And I'm like, you know what? I have no idea. Like, that is a fantastic question. Like, we just accept these things as truths, you know, after a while and don't give things like certain thoughts anymore. And so for me, it's like, she is my greatest teacher. I mean, she's also like my, the hardest thing I've ever done, but she is my greatest teacher. And, you know, even though it's hard and even though I've had my hard days, like I, the mama bear instincts are so real when she was three months old, I was at um, one of my best friend's weddings. I was carrying her. I was walking and my shoe caught a ledge and I fell. And I literally broke the fall with my face to a chair in order to protect her. And it wasn't even like I had to think about it, you know, or like she came home from school one day a few months back and was talking about like that somebody said something mean to her. And I was like, who, who? Like, I'm going to go like what little kid needs to be put in their place. Like I will protect her. You know, she is because that's what she deserves. You know, she deserves to have a champion and to be protected and to have a mom stand up for her. And I want to be all of those things for her. And I, you know, I try to reframe her, her strong willedness into, you know, like she's going to be a fantastic leader. Um, I put on my, my Facebook post that she might be a, a hostage negotiator because she is fantastic at negotiating. Um, but I love it. Like, I love that she, you know, sometimes she can actually apply, like apply reason to like what she's asking. And I'm like, dang it. Why? Okay. Why am I saying no? That's a really great question, kid. And yeah, so that's my journeyhood with mother. Journeyhood with motherhood can tell that it's first thing in the morning. I'm only like halfway through my coffee. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I wanted to talk about her today and yeah, she's, 
the best and the hardest thing that I will ever do. And I feel like if you're a mom that you understand what that means. Um, and if you're a mom and like, you're not feeling the best about it, if it's a really hard day when this is finding you, like, it's okay. It's okay to not always love it. It really is. And there's going to be so much more conversations to come about this because I felt so alone for so long with the hard thoughts. And maybe that's another reason that I'm actually able to enjoy her now is because I've been having these conversations for a while now and it's cleared up some mental space from all of the guilt and the shame and all of that, that I thought that I like had to feel. Um, But yeah, so that's a little bit of a story about how I am a mom and how I became a mom and Yeah. So thank you for sharing my birth day with me. And I hope that whenever and wherever this finds you, that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for being here with me. And until next time.